get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. With former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Let's get back to baseball. Shall we, Jamie? I'm still fired up, but yes, let's get back to baseball. Much more exciting than uh, talking about youth sports getting shut down here in St. Louis. We got baseball that is actually taking place out at Bush Stadium later tonight. Danny Mack's going to be on the call, and we are happy to be joined via the Browning Crouppen Celebrity Line by Brian Kinney. You can watch him as the host of MLB Network's MLB Now weekdays at 3 o'clock Central Time as MLB Network provides wall-to-wall opening week coverage starting next Monday. Brian, thanks so much for the time. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. I'm, uh, you know, I'm going back to work. I'm putting clothes on every day, getting dressed, driving. You know, it's good. It's all good. It is certainly exciting. What What are you most excited about, Brian? I know you live for baseball. What are you most excited about the fact that baseball is right around the corner, officially one week away now from opening day? Well, just to have it back on and, uh, you know, with what we have gone through, what we are going through, what we will be going through, just to have some normalcy in our lives. And uh, baseball is a big part of the rhythm of our life in this country. It has been for me. And just to have it, you know, look, it's my job. I've I've, I've pursued it for so long. But just to have it on in the background, uh, have it on, look forward to it at night, to know what games are being played, what games are important, that – you know, hey, this series is starting tonight. Oh, it's a big weekend series. Those, those things, uh, the normalcy of baseball, I think, is what I'll you know, really treasure. What do you think is going to look very different for Major League Baseball this year? Obviously, look, no fans in the stands. That's a, a physical difference as far as the attendance goes. But what itself with the teams, the managing of the games, the pitching, the decisions that are made, you know, what to you stands out that's going to look just a little bit different in a 60-game season? Well, there'll be a, a lot more, uh, uh, just a, a lot more alacrity with everything. Uh, you know, the, you'll have to move fast. You can't well, let things just play out. You can't let your, uh, even your starting pitcher, I, I've long said this in, in playoffs uh, or even down into pen and stretch baseball, if you let your starter give up a five spot, you failed. You can't have that type of leash. And I think that's going to be the case now. There's two months. It's not, it's not exactly a sprint. But things are going to be happening faster. Um, other than that, I, I think it's, you know, there's only so much you can use people. There's, you, can, you can bullpen, you can tandem start. We're going to see a lot more, um, you know, of a fluid attack with the pitching staffs. Also, I think teams will be using the 30-man roster for the first two weeks and trying to throw pitchers that way. But it's not going to look, you know, much different than, like, say, a, um, you know, a Rays game you know, from last year. <laughs> it's, it's, you're just going to be – teams are going to be getting after it, 
and you can't just sit back and let it play out. I mean, it is one of the beauties of baseball that you have six months, and sometimes the best managing decisions are the ones where, hey, let them play. Like, just let this play out. But that, that can't be the case for two months now. We're talking with Brian Kinney of MLB Network here on 101 ESPN. It's interesting that you mentioned the tandem starting, Brian, because we talked about that earlier today with the Cardinals. I mean, they, they go like nine deep with legitimate guys that could be in most rotations with Flaherty and Wayno, Michaelis, Hudson, Carlos. That's the likely five-man rotation. But then you also have Ponce de Leon and Gomber and KK Kim, who just came over, and John Gant. Do you think this is something that the the teams that have that depth in their both rotation and pin this year are going to have a significant advantage because of it? No question, and and that is, and you've really got to, and you're you're you know very well versed in the pitching staff, uh, so you you know it's not as simple as you know we have a deep relievers or we have. Um, uh, you know, a, a deep rotation. It's really having a different way to attack from your pitching staff and utilizing them correctly. And sometimes you have two pitchers who, let's say, are normally your fifth starters, and both are not quite, you know, your, what you would characterize as a number three starter, that sort of thing. But if you have a, a guy who's in the fifth spot and two of them who are decent and you know, hey, we don't need seven excellent innings out of the guy. That's not happening. But can we get two and a third? Does this guy, you know, pitch better for, um, you know, three and a third? And then utilizing them properly and then knowing, okay, we have a couple of flamethrowers from double A. Let's get a couple of outs out of these guys. That's the what, that, that's what's really going to separate teams. And if you're saying, look, the Cardinals, and I'm not as deep on the, the Cardinals staff as you, as you get into it as you are, if you're saying they're well-equipped for it, uh, that, that would really – show up in the next two months i look at teams like the rays obviously are you know obviously ready to bullpen and attack but teams like the the athletics i think are also a team that's just well equipped uh for you know a short burst of throwing different arms different angles never letting hitters get comfortable so we're going to see the teams that are built for that and i think the teams that are uh, have a nimble mindset and have a way of attacking, you know, they, they, it's very sophisticated now with attacking swing planes and knowing what's effective against what batters. And so we're going to see, you know, multiple arms, angles, pitch repertoires uh, utilized uh, to team's best advantage. It's interesting because we've been having a lot of conversations about Carlos Martinez and how he should be utilized this season, Brian. And it's always the question of, well, do you have him as the closer or do you have him as the starter? And in a typical season, my answer is, of course, you start him because you get more value out of that over the course of an entire season. This year, as you've mentioned, things are a little different and your starters might not be going six, seven innings. And so in your opinion, Brian, do you think that same value judgment is there for a guy like Carlos Martinez as a closer versus as a starter? Well, that's I, I think just, you know, start off. If I was advising a club, I would say, look, erase your mindset and all these um categories that we seem to have for these guys what we have are outs we have pitchers who get outs and if you're a guy who can go bulk innings if you're a guy who can go short innings sometimes the most important innings uh high leverage can be the sixth seventh or eighth so i would have a guy roam i mean i think the, the best way to use a pitcher if he's your best pitcher like say you think Carlos Martinez is best in a short burst. Yeah, but he could also be stretched out. Well, that's even better because now he sounds like a relief ace from the 60s or 70s. <laughs> I'd use that guy as a fireman. So if you have some, so it's really about just 
finding the strengths and weaknesses of your pitchers, using them for their strengths, and not don't have the expectations. We need them to go five. We need them to close. We need to, hey, develop a hierarchy, get the strengths, get the matchups, and then don't worry about at what point in the game you use these guys because frequently the game is one, not in the ninth, not, you know, one through six. Speaking specifically of the Cardinals, and this has been a huge topic of discussion here with us locally, is the outfield. It's a little crowded, which is a good problem to have. You know, GMs and managers like that problem. However, as fans, we like to scrutinize. So right now, Tyler O'Neill looks like he'll be starting in left field, Harrison Bader in center, and Dexter Fowler in right. They have Lane Thomas that... Uh, John Mozalak has has gone on record to say they expect a lot from him and think he can do a great job. And then we have the phenomenon, Dylan Carlson, who is just waiting at the front door to be invited in to the house and play. So in your professional opinion, how do you think this works out for the Cardinals? And what do you think we see most this year? Well, it, it's it's hard to say. You, one thing, injuries are going to play a, a, a big part, and and it is a bigger roster, so it's it's good to have, uh, you know, a crowded outfield, and that is uh, a spot that a few teams in the National League have. One, you need one of those guys for DH, or you can utilize them for a designated hitter. That changes the equation quite a bit. Um, think of what it does to the Brewers specifically, where they were trying to move Ryan Braun around, and you you know, even with a case like the Brewers. You have uh, there are at bats to be had, and they were eventually moving Braun over to first base. Now you don't even have that issue. So you're talking about young players, most of them athletic players, uh, guys who have real speed. Um, you have to worry about positive tests. You have to worry about injuries. Now a 10-day DL is a sixth of the season. That, this is a good problem to have, and that's I think that's what you're going to find is that the deepest teams that have players who are just above like replacement level like you, you can't just have replacement level players and you're going to be good but if you have that you know two win player to use the war vernacular a guy who's decent and you have a lot of them those are the teams that are going to be able to weather the storm through a shorter season we're talking with brian kenny of mlb network here on 101 espn brian i did want to ask you about jack flaherty because i was reading a piece over on the athletic yesterday and it was about the tiers of pitching in the national league specifically and an nl scout had an interesting quote if i had to start a team with the players listed any pitcher available in the national league all things considered i would go with jack flaherty end quote again that came from an nl scout according to the athletic where do you think he ranks among the pitchers right now in the National League if you were starting a baseball team and you got the rest of their career from now on? Oh, yeah. No, he'd be at the very top. I mean, he, he's um, – yeah, I had to make a Cy Young pick uh, just yesterday for a special that we're doing, and I picked Flaherty. Um, and wow. he's not the number one – yeah, he's not the number one pitcher in the league right now. That's Jacob deGrom. He's, he, DeGrom is established as that guy. But just below – uh, DeGrom uh, is Flaherty and Walker Bueller. So when you look at the age, you look at the strikeouts, you look at the OPS against, meaning batter-to-batter batter dominance, he's not getting lucky with his ERA. He's got weak contact. He's got strikeouts, misses bats. Yeah, no question. I, Flaherty, is, Flaherty and Bueller are kind of the future of National League pitching. They're at the very top, and you could make a case that uh, that breakout has already happened. Uh, look, discussing, uh, I guess, shifting gears a little bit here, and let's go to the other side of the game, the offense. And, you know, I've seen a few articles out there that, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out who has the biggest chance to 
you know, establish or, or do well because of the DH. Because of the DH, how do you think the Cardinals look as a team? And who do you think benefits the most? Let's just isolate the National League. Who do you think benefits the most from having the DH this year? There are a bunch of teams who are, are obvious uh, candidates. Uh, and look, the Mets caught a real break. They have Yoannis Cespedes coming back, and he can hit. He looks like he's, he can hit that right at his old level right away. We don't know if he's going to be able to run. Uh, we don't know what happens when he gets into full-throttle game action as well. So right away, they have an excellent DH where they didn't know they were going to be getting anything. Um, also, uh, I mentioned the Brewers. Uh, you have teams like the Reds who go out and get Castellanos, mm-hmm. not knowing there was going to be a DH, and suddenly, whoa, there's a DH, and he's perfect for it. Not that he's as bad as his defensive metrics say, but it's still kind of a struggle, and he's better as a bat. So they have guys like Mostakis, Castellanos. They already had a, a crowded outfield of good young hitters, so they benefit. The Dodgers, I think, benefit the most because they have the most good players. Uh, they're, they're throwing in one, you know, top-level, almost all-star after another. It could be Muncie, Turner, uh, who are DHing for them, uh, and then they mix and match with all of their other players. So, yes, yeah, surprisingly, and now these are the contending teams, and the Cardinals are deep as well. Maybe they don't have, like, an obvious candidate, uh, like Kyle Schwarber, like for the Cubs. Obviously, that guy's a DH. He should be DHing, and he's gotten better defensively, but, again, it's a struggle. It's perfect to put him in the DH spot. Um, so I think the contending teams all seem to have somebody to go to that spot very readily. And then there's teams that are much lower or a team that's on the cusp like the Diamondbacks that don't have obvious good-hitting candidates that would otherwise be a contender. So it's kind of haves and have-nots. I know teams didn't have a lot of time to develop their roster knowing there would be a DH, but there is clearly a top tier of National League teams that are ready for American League Baseball. Final couple questions for Brian Kinney of MLB Network here on 101 ESPN. Earlier today, I was reading from Buster Olney, and he said if the Dodgers are the most likely National League team to make a big move before the deadline, St. Louis might be the second most likely, given the franchise's financial stability and the market opportunities that will become apparent. Again, that came from Buster Olney earlier today. I wanted to ask you, Brian, about that trade deadline this year, because given the financial situations for a lot of these teams, do you think we're going to see some activity at the deadline that maybe we didn't anticipate? I don't really know the answer to that. Um, it's funny. We were kicking that around today at the network. I'm getting ready for my show now. I don't know. I, I mean, it feels like this season is, is just so different, shorter. And what are you giving up in order to get that player? And is that player in his contract year already? Um, it doesn't seem like it would be quite worth it the way it would if you were getting him over several months. I think it's going to be slower. Now, that said, I don't know. Maybe most teams are 500 and everyone sees some slight advantage of the GMs go to town. But I almost see this year as everything is so tenuous. Concentrate on what you have. (laughs) Concentrate on your own execution, keeping your guys healthy. That's the most important thing. And really just, you know, staying on track and staying focused. There's going to be so many things happening. I just don't think a GM mindset will be, let me wheel and deal. That said, again, once we get playing and things normalize slightly, it could happen very differently, but I just think it's not going to happen this year. And the last question that I wanted to ask you, and we brought his name up a couple of times kind of in response to that Buster Olney quote, is Francisco Lindor. He's got one year remaining on his contract after this season, and the Indians, we don't know what they're going to do with him. If he became available 
first of all, how much do you think it would take to get him from the Indians, given the financials of everything? And do you think he would be a good fit on a team like the Cardinals if he did become available? Well, what would you do with DeYoung then? I would assume move him to third and go with Lindor at short. Uh, I mean, they're not obvious. I mean, because you have DeYoung. And, I, you know, I don't have it in front of me. DeYoung's defense is it's been league quite good, yeah. a bit better, right? It's, it's good. So I'm not in a hurry. I, I, that came up last year, too, when they were talking about the Dodgers interested in Lindor. And I said, what about Corey Seager? Well, you move him over. And I'm like, yeah, but why do that? Like, if you already have a strength, stay with that strength if it's not natural. Um, because it's going to cost you to get Lindor. Now, do you want Lindor? Of course you want Lindor. He's one of the top players in baseball. But, you know, whatever the financial package is going to be uh, as a free agent, it's, it's top of the market. And whatever it would take to get him in terms of trade, it would take a lot. So I, if I have a good young shortstop, like you do Paul DeYoung, who is adequate defensively and at his, you know, he has a high level of variance, but he's a very good hitter at his peak. I wouldn't, be in, I wouldn't be working so hard to get after Lindor if I already have that position in good stead. Well, you can watch Brian host MLB Network's MLB Now weekdays at 3 o'clock as MLB Network provides wall-to-wall opening week coverage starting next Monday. Brian, we are thrilled to be able to talk baseball with you finally once again. We're looking forward to the season opening up next week, and hopefully we'll talk some Cardinals baseball with you again soon, my friend. Excellent. Good to talk to you guys as well. Take care. You got it. That's Brian Kenny joining us here on 101 ESPN.